0: In this episode, Jesus is making a statement. He's making several statements, actually. Telling us something very important about himself. The real meaning of what he's telling us is not so much found in what he's doing, but how he's doing it. What Jesus is saying by the way he enters um, Jerusalem. So, um, two things we can see by what he does. Number one, Jesus is saying, I'm the sovereign king. I'm the sovereign king. Notice how he's, he's done all this prearranging before the events happened. Not, nothing happens by accident. This isn't something that Jesus and his team of disciples thought up, brainstormed together. No, th- this is solely Jesus' idea. So he tells the disciples, go into the village in front of you and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. If anyone says anything to you, you shall, you shall say the Lord needs them. And he'll send them at once. And the disciples went and found it just as Jesus indicated. If, if this was the only instance where Jesus seemed to show that he has supernatural control over events, over you know, uh, what people do, then, then our, you know, we would be justified in our skepticism, but, but it's not. You know, th- this is the same Jesus who calms storms. This is the same Jesus who heals diseases. Uh, this is the same Jesus who raises people from the dead, like Lazarus, just uh, days before. So, this is the same Jesus who foreknows and preordains the way he enters Jerusalem. Some of you are uh, uh, familiar with C.S.'s, C.S. Lewis's Lord Lunatic Liar argument. Um, it's from his, his book, Mere Christianity. He writes I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who is merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level of a man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Jesus utterly uh, exceptional utterly unique unlike anyone who has ever lived and this was the first thing he was trying to show trying to show and tell us by his statement he's making he is the sovereign king like no one else he is the sovereign lord and that's one of the clearest statements he is making during his triumphal entry so you might say, well, why, why is that good news? Why is it good news that God has—I mean—that Jesus has everything under control? Here's why. There's an incredible freedom and joy in knowing that uh, Jesus is using all events, even COVID, even facing uncertainty. to deliver us good and to deliver him glory. It doesn't mean we we won't experience trials. It it, it doesn't mean uh, we won't experience suffering. Jesus assures us that we will. But it means that we can trust him with our lives. We can trust him with our future. We can trust him with our health. We can trust him with our families. We can trust him with everything. Because he is the sovereign king. Everyone expected a Messiah of all people to to come declaring he's king. Which, Which is exactly what Jesus was doing. Furthermore, everyone expected him to choose a picture of strength, a picture of power, a picture of majesty. That's what kings do. That's, that's the usual script, but Jesus goes off script, and he does, he does it to make a statement very loud and very clear describing to us what kind of king he is, and that brings us to the second statement Jesus is making. He's, he's saying, I am the sovereign king, but also, I am the humble servant. He didn't ride in on a powerful war horse that you'd expect. No, he was, he was mounted on a young donkey. I mean, who, who would have expected that? No one would have ever expected that. It, it, it would be like us expecting our president to come riding in a uh, 1990 Dodge Colt Vista. The, the ultimate picture of humility. He's saying, this, this. Is the kind of king I am, as he'd said later to Pilate that week, "My my, my kingdom is not of this world." He's not only going to, he, he's not going off script. He's he's writing a whole new script. You know, for three plus years, Jesus had been teaching these words over and over again to the. To his disciples, words like "Blessed are the meek," meaning "Happy are the humble," for they shall inherit the earth. Words like "The greatest among you shall be your servant." Words like "Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted." This day, this this triumphal entry would mark the beginning uh, of a week when Jesus' words would become action like never before. We, we, we've been looking at Colossians. Uh, you know, there's a song situated in the middle of chapter one that, that sings of, of Jesus' high and exalted place. Here, here's Jesus, the ultimate image of the invisible God, the creator of all things, the sustainer of all things, the, the one who's in charge of everything and everyone. Remember how that song ends? Uh, Colossians 1:19 through 20 says, for in Jesus all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. He, he's, he's both sovereign king and humble servant, which is what the prophecy in Zechariah, written some 500 years ago, is all he said at the beginning of the service. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming, righteous and having salvation as he, humble, and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. As our sovereign king, Jesus knows where this road ends, just as he knew where the donkey was. As our humble servant, though, he saddles that donkey. He goes straight into hostile territory. The, the highest one became the lowest. And why? To, to destroy the hostility between a holy God and a treasonous people, which all of us were. That's, that's peace. That is grace. To go back to the, the, to the Keller story I read in, in, in the beginning, uh, the moment of profound self-awareness. Re- remember what he said? He said, um, my reluctance to let Kathy serve me was in the end a refusal to live my life on the basis of grace. I wanted to earn everything. I wanted no one to give me any favors. Well, we all want a Messiah, right? We all want a Messiah on our own terms and with our own expectations. You can see this in the fickle attitudes of the crowds uh, that week. I mean, on Sunday, they were waving palm branches and chanting Hosanna, which literally means, save, I pray. But just a few days later on Friday, they were not saying, Save, I pray. They were saying, Crucify him. I mean, can you relate to that fickleness? They really had no idea what they needed. They really had no idea what they needed from the Messiah. This refusal is universal. It, it may take different forms, as I said. Uh, but, it, but they all reveal the same spiritual cancer inside each and every one of us. And one of the, one of the fruits of that spiritual cancer that we all have outside of Christ is we, th- we think we know what's best. We, we think we, we know what we need. And in so doing, we put ourselves above him, above our creator, above the one who sustains everything by his word. We make ourselves king. So a couple of examples. Israel thought what we need is a Messiah who'd kick out the Romans. Then life would be better. Would it though? You know, we, we think, you know, what we need is a Messiah who'd, who'd uh, alleviate all, our, all, all of our problems and make COVID go away and, and make it possible for life to return to, to some semblance of normalcy. But would it? Jesus saw us in our greatest need. You know, and what we all needed is a Messiah to reconcile us to himself. to to bring his good rule to bear in our lives. That's Jesus. That's the life he offers. And and the way we do that is by allowing him to serve, allowing him to die in our place in order to make us new. Allowing uh, allowing him to forgive us, to cleanse us from the inside out, to to give us a righteousness that none of us has. Remember, we are all treasonous, all rebellious, all sinners. But he freely gives. In other words, he gives us his grace. It's not something that any one of us has earned. Malcolm Gladwell, in his book called uh, David and Goliath, he, he writes. You see the giant and the shepherd, I'm sorry, you see the giant and the shepherd in the valley of Elah, and your eye is drawn to the man with the sword and shield and the glittering armor. But what is beautiful and valuable in the world comes from the shepherd, who has more strength and purpose than we ever imagine. Jesus is saying this I am king. But I'm not the king you would expect. I'm the king who got very low uh, and took all of your shame upon myself. And I want nothing more than to change you from the inside out. I want nothing more than to replace your heart of stone with a heart of flesh that beats for me, that's affectionate for me, that, that loves others genuinely, but to change you you have to receive this grace. That's all. If that's what you want, then put all of your trust in in me. Put all of the weight of your whole being on me. And not on those other things. Revelation 5 says... uh, then I saw in the, the, in the right hand, and this is a, this is a prof- prophetic vision given to John, uh, visions of other world, <laughs> uh, visions of the, the throne of heaven, not of this world. Then I saw in the right hand of him who is seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back sealed with seven Behold, the the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And get this. Verse 6 says, And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders I saw a lamb standing as though it, it had been slain. In other words, the lion of Judah is the lamb of God. Everyone expected a lion. No one expected a lamb. A slain lamb. Meekness and strength. Grace and truth. Mercy and justice. The ultimate king riding toward his ultimate battle to win us our ultimate freedom on a donkey. Isn't that beautiful? That is our Messiah. Um, on Palm Sunday, that's, that's what Jesus is saying to us by his actions. He's, he's telling us he is our sovereign king. He is the line of Judah. Therefore, we can trust him with everything. We can put our whole, the whole weight of our being on him. He's got it. But he's also saying he's our humble servant. Therefore, (laughs) we can receive his free grace, his free, unmerited, unearned grace. So (laughs) let me just close with with a few questions for us. What are those things that you're putting your trust in that's competing with Jesus for the throne of your life? Do you, do, you see the <clears throat> do you see the extent he, he went to serve? Do, do you see with, with your head, yes, but, but in the core of your being how more trustworthy he is than anything? Not yourself, not your circumstances, not your bank account. He alone is worthy to be on th- the throne. So my, my prayer for all of us is that we, this week in particular, but all of life, that we would be more and more captured by the beauty of this truth. That, that it would transform us, that it would, it would give us joy and peace, that we would walk in a way of our king by serving him and serving others from a spirit of joyful obedience. And friends, that, that is only possible when we receive his free grace. It changes everything. So as as we as we close this time, I'd I'd invite um, you to, to close your eyes as I read this prayer written by um, John Birch. He begins with a poem. What a strange paradox. The king is coming. The people rejoice singing Hosanna in the highest, yet fail to understand that the king they welcome is the servant king. The king who washes his disciples' feet. The king who came not with an army, but a weapon so powerful that not even death could resist the sacrificial love of God laid, laid out upon a cross. Lord God, as we sing our hosannas today, may we remember also that which you were riding toward, the suffering and rejection, pain and humiliation, the cruel cross. And let us look forward to the joy of Easter day when you rose from the death to reign forever. Help us as we daily lay our lives before you to live the resurrection life that acknowledges Jesus as Lord and King over our lives. Amen.